0: just as we started (coughs) worshipping then it's like the very first line of that song you're turning over tables and we sing it and it's it's such a nice line and there's just this nice music behind it and it's this pleasant experience of entering into worship Uh, such a contrast of that line you're turning over tables is Jesus in Matthew 21 going into the temple and turning over tables because there's people changing money, there's there's people trading there's people ripping people off There's, there's a space that's been made somebody's made room for God there's a temple, his holy space and then things money changes things sport things work things all sorts of things that we fill the space with and Jesus came in in this nice pleasant peaceful song and flip to the tables you get this picture of a. you know when you just go into full rage mode we all go there at times over something right there's something that just is the tipping point for all of us and I don't know I wasn't there but but I get this picture when I read that scripture in Matthew 21 I get this picture of Jesus storming into the temple and just ripping the tables over. Just so mad at these people that have taken over the holy space. These people that have taken over the temple. A place that's set aside for God. A place that's set aside for worship. A place that's set aside for prayer. And they've turned it into something that it's not meant to be. Jesus says this, my house will be called a house of prayer. My house, the temple will be a house of prayer. But you have turned it into a den of robbers. So this is back Jesus speaking, but but what are we doing right now? What space have you created in your life to be a place of prayer? What space have you created in your life to set aside for God so that He can reside in that place? See, we create opportunities. Aislinn's already talked of them. We create opportunities to come and turn this place into a house of prayer. Tuesday morning for the men, Thursday morning for the women. Every second Wednesday, we have a prayer meeting here for everyone. It's, there's, there's opportunities created. We come every Sunday morning. We have encounter services. We youth meet on Friday nights. We do things. We create connect groups so that there's opportunities to make room. What are we doing in those spaces? Have you set aside those spaces? I just hear God saying this morning, Jesus coming in and turning the tables in our lives. God coming in this morning, Jesus coming in and just flipping the table because we've lost sight of what it is that we're meant to be doing. It's almost like Jesus saying this morning, what's your priority? What's your priority? If you were to write down on a piece of paper a list of your priorities in life, where where does he fit? Where does God fit? Where does family fit? Where does church fit? Where does sport fit? Where does work fit? Where does... the different things that we have in life. Have you made room? Do you need to make room? Or have you made room but then filled it with something else? This is one of those things, Sundays is... A sacred time, Sunday morning church services, worship services, fellowshipping together—is that a priority in your life? Have you made room? But then you you grow up and start to work, and suddenly it's well, now Sundays might be my only day off, or Sunday I'm asked to work, and time and time again, over our years running the youth is going back a long time now. But going back to those days when we were running youth, those who prioritised Sunday mornings, those who came to prayer meetings, Exhibit A. Those who chose to take out part-time work on Sunday mornings because that was the only time. Those who chose to prioritise sport, those who chose to do other things are not standing behind me. And it's, it's a struggle. It's a thing that just irks me as a parent and as a person who's, as a pastor and as a leader and someone who's trying to just encourage people. You can't say to a young person, don't work Sundays because you won't be in church anymore. I have said it to some actually, but a lot of the time it's a bit of a, it was like, where's your priority? What are you doing with your time? Are you making room for God? Tuesday oh, Tuesday mornings just no I'm not a morning person. Hello, not a morning person. if I could if my prime time to wake up would be probably between nine and nine thirty. All right that would be if if I am allowed to sleep in I will wake up. Between 9 and 9.30, once every probably, I don't know, once a month maybe, I'll get to do that. And it's amazing. I wake up happier. I'm a better person. It's true. It's true, but it's a priority. I'm here Tuesday mornings. This is not to blow my own trumpet but this is to say what are you going to do to create space to make room so that Jesus can come and work in your life. Looking around this room and I know there's people that have sacrificed work and income on Sundays. I know there's people that have given up holidays. There's people that have said no to sporting commitments. There's people that have said no to family commitments. There's there's all sorts of conversations and things and sacrifices that we've made but but are we doing enough? Do we need to step out a little bit more and encourage those around us to do the same thing? I know there's some people that are on holidays today and that's awesome. We need to celebrate those people who are on holidays. We're going on holidays in a couple of weeks and that's a priority because if we don't take a break, if we don't rest, if we don't find space to have our downtime, then we go into that whole burnout phase and so taking holidays, taking a break is super important. So don't hear me this morning saying you need to be here every Sunday, every single Tuesday morning. But, but what, are we, what are we doing? What am I doing? What are you doing to make room, to allow God to move, to allow Jesus to come in? Where's your house of prayer? Where's your moment in your week? Tuesday morning, Thursday morning, Wednesday night might not work for you. Sundays might not work for you every week, but where is your moment? Where is your time? Father, I pray for each one of us this morning. God, those listening online. Father, I pray today that, God, you would turn the tables in our hearts. God, challenge us. God, get in our faces. Maybe rebuke us this morning. If you're feeling rebuked this morning, awesome. God's speaking to you. Don't get knocky. Listen. Father, fill each one of us afresh this morning. God, we wanna follow you. God, we want to have a heart that's for you. God, fill each one of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can grab your seats. We'll get into the Word. Thank you, team. good, right? Yep. It's good. Anybody feel rebuked? You don't have to put your head up. <clears throat> Ooh. I put my iPad on to charge this morning because I forgot last night and I left it on the kitchen bench. <laughs> you saw it there too. Thanks for picking that up. I didn't. I grabbed my bag and walked out the door and got here and went, here we go, so if I'm going like this, it's because my phone is a lot smaller than, uh, than my iPad, but it's all good, we'll get there, I wonder if I'll do this, no, no better, <laughs> it's good right, it? has anybody else thought that, singing that song, turning over the table? So it's going back to the start of that song, and it's like just such a nice little. That's not really. That's not how it was. It should be like a grunge kind of. Just should just come in there and just. Sorry. What was that? Give us an example of grunge. Oh, flipping the table. Yeah, I'll do it with this. We don't need this anymore, do we? Oh, get in the. Getting the stare down now from the Seymours. They're like, don't even think about it. All right. What's the most? No, we won't go there. What's the most replaceable... No. Do with a few less drums. Here we go. Here we go. Who is right? is our theme today. <clears throat> and uh, doesn't that just straight away create some interesting thoughts, interesting dynamics in relationships straight away? There's couples looking at each other, there's fingers pointing, there's, there's all sorts of things going on. <laughs> I'm always right and, uh, until I'm not, and then I'm very wrong. But... <clears throat> It's this interesting dynamic and I want to unpack that a little bit this morning and go on a little bit of a journey in the time that we've got left this morning. But kind of as soon as I read that, who is right? The first thing that popped into my head, which is something I've said multiple times here and um, I think Pastor Bruce has referenced it before as well, but that is the, the quote, I can't remember the context of where it came, but Pastor Phil and it's probably he's probably quoting someone else, but I remember him saying it, and that is that it's better to lose the argument and win the relationship than lose the relationship and win the argument. Say it again. It's better to lose the argument and win the relationship than lose the relationship and win the argument. See who is right is sometimes the irrelevant question, because it's not necessarily who is right, but it's what is right when we look at it like that. But in this context, it's we're also looking at who is right. You've Gotta add the cheers on the end, which if you're German, then that's goodbye. <laughs> but anyway, <coughs> we won't go there. You the know, working of John's mind. And so there's this, there's this journey of going on that I can be 100% right. I can know. I've got all the facts. I've done all the research. I was there. I know the conversations that took place. I saw it with my own eyes. I'm right. But I can be 100% right, but at the same time, be 100% wrong. Because being right isn't necessarily about being right. Being right isn't necessarily about being correct. Sorry, being righteous isn't necessarily about being correct. But about turning away from our natural and sinful desires and turning towards God. So who is right we can be correct, but are we righteous? See, because a, a right person will want to win the argument, but a righteous person will lay the argument down. And there's this battle, because who likes to be right? right? Every single hand should be up, right? Is there anybody here that likes to be proven wrong? It's not a good feeling. Am I right? It's not a nice feeling to have an argument. Let's say a conversation. We don't have arguments; we have conversations. Some of them are a little heated. Okay, we actually don't really have arguments because we both just walk out and then come back once we've calmed down. But but it's it's we can we can go there. We can go into those zones, and and so it's not always about being correct because. We like to be right. We like to be correct. We like to win. We don't, nobody just likes to just be walked over. And so I love this in Romans 2. I've been reading, started reading through Romans this week if you're keeping up with us and the, the Bible reading plan. And so reading through Romans 2, and I didn't actually tell you guys that I've Written this down here, copied and pasted out of the Passion Translation, so it'll be slightly different to what's on the screens. But Romans 2 1 and 2 says, No matter who you are, before you judge the wickedness of others, you had better remember this. No matter who you are, before you judge someone else, before you try and go and accuse someone else, before you go and slam someone else. Remember this, you are also without excuse. For you too are guilty of the same kind of things when you judge others and then do the same things they do. You condemn yourself. We know that God's judgment falls upon those who practice these things. God is always right because he has all the facts. See, I can do all the research. I can spend my lifetime reading the Word, reading the commentaries of the Word, studying what it is to understand this Word and that Word and being fluent in Greek and Hebrew and understanding them and go back in time and interview and speak to the people who actually wrote the text. and I can get all the facts I like, but at the end of the day, I'm still looking at it through my eyes. At the end of the day, I'm still... Filtering all the information through John, through my personality, through my history, through my mistakes, through my victories, through my life experience. And so, even with all the facts, it's still not true, it's still not necessarily correct. so isn't that a sobering thought? That when we enter into a conversation at work, when we're having the family discussion around the table, trying to plan something or trying to resolve a conflict or trying to work out a better way forward, going into the future and planning things. So we can filter things through our own eyes. We can, we do. And so to be right, to have all the facts, we can be 100% right, but we can still be, in that moment, 100% wrong. And so a bit of a reality check for me as I was reading this during the week, and hopefully it's a little bit of a reality check for you this morning as we just launch into this word. Is that no matter who you are, before you judge the wickedness of others, you'd better remember this. You are also without excuse. Doesn't that just hit home? Remember this. You also are without excuse. So who is right? Not me. I'm sorry to say it. Who is right? Not you. We are not the one who is right. But we can be righteous. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's that well-known scripture. But as I wrote it down from memory, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I just ruled it off. And then I went back and, and read it. And when we read the scripture, there's this one word that starts with E called emphasis. And it depends. Thanks, Anna. It's all the way, where do you put the emphasis? Do you emphasize that or do you emphasis that? And so depending on how I say something, it, it changes the way people are going to react. I love saying emphasis, Shane. That's not how you say the word. Don't go around. Don't feel like John. I'm not right, Shane. Okay, it's not emphasis. Okay, so, so I can emphasise I am the way, the truth and the life and there's kind of the I. It's about him. Or I can go, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And when I read the scripture differently, something new pops out. Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth. And so there's only one truth. There's not multiple truths. There's multiple truths that I can make up in my head. There's multiple right versions of events that I can come up with, that you can come up with, that we can come up with together, filtering things through our experiences, filtering things through the way that we see things. But at the end of the day, there's only one person that's got the truth. There's only one person that is right and his name is Jesus he is the way the truth and the life and so righteousness is about and us being righteous is not about trying to be right but about trying to be like Jesus who is the truth and so Do you want to be right or do you want to be righteous? Because I would rather be righteous than be right. Because I can strive and strive and strive to be right, filtering things, arguing things, going back and forth, trying to put across my point of view, or I can choose to lay down being right, pick up my cross, be righteous, and move on with the relationships I've got intact, not burning bridges, but building up people around me. And so where do you put? Where do you put the emphasis, Shane? It's a good word, right? You're going to say that now. I can see it. Where do you put the emphasis in your life? Do you put it on being right or do you put it on being righteous? Do you put it on the way or do you put it on Jesus the way? because we can just let it go by, or we can emphasise it, we can put an exclamation mark in it, we can do things to make it stand out so that we follow him and not ourselves. Going back to our Romans text, just jumping back there for a moment and reading through this during the week. Romans 2 28. Did you go and change that to the Passion Translation, Lachlan? Thanks, I've got this one written down in the NIV. I knew you were going to, I just looked at it. You've got both now, don't you? Because you're that good. In the NIV, I don't know why I did that, somehow managed to do that, but it's all good. A person is not a Jew. Is one only outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. So interesting chapter there I think it says the word circumcision ten times in about six verses and uh, if you don't like that word then you potentially just skim over it but, but again going back to the what's trying to be portrayed here what's trying to be emphasised is is the fact that it's not about what you've done it's not about who you were born as It's not about whether you've gone through the rituals. It's not about whether you've been circumcised or not. It's not about the outward appearance. It's about the inward heart. It's about the actions that accompany our life, not about the lip service that we give them. See, because I can stand up here. We can stand up here and say all sorts of great things. We can know. I've met people over the years who know the Bible better than me, but they've got no relationship with Jesus at all. Read the Bible purely so that they can pull it to pieces. They've read the Bible purely so that they can get into an argument and be right. But is it about that? Or is it about the heart? Not by the written code such a person's praise is not from other people but from God see we can be fluent in all these languages we can memorise the scripture and that's oh wow that person knows the whole Bible without reading it they can just quote the whole NIV and they're halfway through the message or what it's like there's people like that but where's where's the heart Where am I at in my relationship with Jesus? I can be circumcised, but am I living a life that supports that? Am I living a life that backs that up? It's the old quote and saying of actions speak louder than words. Am I living a life that is outwardly showing that yes, I love Jesus? Or am I inwardly living a life? Is there something transformed on the inside of my life? It's not a a matter of getting a little bit of skin cut off that changes who we are. It's a matter of having our whole life transformed. It's a matter of having our whole walk through life transformed completely turned upside down because we're walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Does that mean we've all got to have an incredible story? You hear those stories and testimonies of someone who was you know, so far gone, down the gurgler, doing drugs, doing all sorts of incredibly bad things and, and then they've had this encounter moment with God and their life's transformed. And it doesn't, I don't have a story like that. But I've got a story of not being able to stand up in front of people, completely freaking out at high school because I hated speaking in front of people. I was so nervous. I couldn't do it. Couldn't string two words together. was so nervous. To a place of being confident, not in who I am, not in what I've got to say, but being confident in who he is and what he's got to say through me. And so there is a, an inward transformation. There is an inward circumcision, to use that word that everybody loves saying out loud and reading about. There's this this inward moment where God has changed something in my life, transformed something in my life, so that now actions speak louder than words. So I could always speak. You put me in the back row of a classroom and I wouldn't shut up. Put me in front of the and I'd go to custard, couldn't do anything. Go figure, teachers couldn't work it out, I couldn't work it out. But there's this moment where God comes and does something in our lives, where God comes and does something in our hearts, where he transforms who we are. And so I wrote this down. Do you wear your cross around your neck? Have you got a got a cross on your T-shirt? Have you got a fish sticker on the back of your car? Have you got some little Jesus quote on the back of your car so that people can see that you're a bad driver? <laughs> Isn't that what, like fish stickers? Don't you just, you just steer clear? You're always like... You tailgate anyone, but if there's a fish sticky, you just back right off because you know they're going to be about no? Anyone got a fish sticker? Don't own up to that anymore. But it's like, do you do you wear the cross around your neck on your t-shirt? Do you have it plastered on your car, but then live a life that doesn't back it up? Or do you pick up your cross each day, each morning, and carry it? Because if we're People who are picking up our cross each day, which is what the Bible says. It doesn't say put on your cross each day around your neck and wear it on a little chain. I've got nothing wrong with people wearing crosses on their chains, just by the way, or fish stickers on the back of your car. You do you. (laughs) Or there was that phase where there was the, was it, hecky? (laughs) Like the little he and then the greater symbol and I. It was like, he is greater (laughs) than I. I was like, really? What are you doing? Anyway. I'm right, I don't have stickers on my car, right? It was one of those moments of judgment. But do we, do, we wear, do we wear it as a, look at me, look at me, I'm a Christian. Or do people know that we're Christian, not by what we're wearing, but by how we're walking. But by the fact that I'm limping through life because I've got this cross on my shoulder. But you know what? I'm not giving up. I'm not whinging, I'm just continuing to march forward and yes, not everything's going correct. Yes, there's struggles in my life. Yes, I'm carrying some weight but I've got a smile on my face. I've got joy in my heart. I'm full of hope and I'm moving forward. That's who we're called to be. That's who's gonna change the people around us cross on your neck might be a great conversation starter. But what about a conversation starter of you're yawning at 3 o'clock in the office because you've been at 6am prayer? Really? You, you get up? Are you that committed? The conversation's going to go down a completely different road. They might think you're a little bit whack. That's okay. Because there's a conversation starter. That's okay because there's a commitment. What, what do you mean you give away part of your money? What do you mean? You give up 10%? You, you give away more on top of that because you give offerings? What? Why would you do that? Conversation opens up because I believe in something greater than myself. Conversation starts up because I believe in loving the people of Fiji, because I believe in supporting the chaplains in the schools. I believe in doing it. And there's these opportunities then. I've noticed you you always pay for my lunch when we catch up. You always do this when we do that. No one ever does that. What's that about? I believe in generosity. My God supplies my need. I can be generous and there's these opportunities that come not because we're wearing a little cross around our neck not because we've got it tattooed on our shoulder blade not because we've got our our bumper sticker ready to go but because we're carrying our cross daily and we're living a life where actions speak louder than words we're living a life where we put the emphasis in the right spot we're living a life of reality check where we realise that we're not The be all and end all, where we're not always right, but we can be righteous, where we lay things down instead of trying to pick them all up. The only thing we should be picking up is our cross. The only argument we should be trying to win is that Jesus is King, Jesus is the Lord of Lords, Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it's sharper than a two-edged sword and that, God, this morning, your word is penetrating our hearts. God, I pray that this morning for each one of us here... God, that you will have made us a little bit uncomfortable. You've unsettled us a little. You've turned the tables in our hearts. You've turned the tables in our life this morning. God, you've upset us. Father, I pray that you would use this moment to transform our lives. God, use this moment to set us on a course of not trying to be right, but a course of being righteous. Set us on a course of not trying to show everybody how much of a Christian I am because I've got a necklace with a cross on it, but show everyone how much of a Christian I am because of the light that's shining out of my world, because I taste different. Because I act different. When everybody else is saying, let's go do this, I'm saying, no, I don't. God set me apart, God set us apart. If you need to make room for Him this morning, I'd love you to just lift your hands where you are. Just as an action to God. It's not to me. It's not to the person next to you. It's between you and God. Say, God, I need to make room in my life for you. Maybe I need to repent, God. I need to say sorry this morning for cluttering the space that I once had. God, I'm sorry for not prioritising you. God, this morning we repent from all the arguments, from all those conversations we've had where we couldn't let it go, where we've upset someone, where we've turned someone off, when we've turned someone away. Because we had to prove that we were right. God, help us to lay down those conversations. To step back from those arguments. And put you in that space. God, we pray for wisdom. God, I speak your wisdom. God, I pray and ask for your wisdom to come and fill every person with their hands lifted, every person that's asking for you for it this morning. Fill us afresh. But the scriptures do say to take up our cross daily. And so it's not something that is just we do once and then it's a done deal. Salvation is a done deal in one moment. But there's every day we need to continue the journey. But if you haven't picked up your cross, maybe never before, maybe not for a long time. I need to come back this morning. I need to start. I want to start a relationship with Jesus where I can walk with Him, where I can carry His presence into my life, where, yes, I might still be limping through life. I might still have struggles. I I might still have things that come against me, but I'm going to have Jesus by my side. If that's you this morning, I'd love to pray with you. We're going to sing a song in a moment and then I'd love to pray with you to invite Jesus into your heart, to ask Him to walk with you, to fill you with His Holy Spirit and to start a journey of transforming your life so that you can do what He's called you to do you watching online this morning and this is triggering something in you and you're going I want to pray that prayer, there's a link on our website that's got that prayer written out there's another link there that's got a little let us know we'd love you to just click that and just say hey I prayed that prayer this morning wherever you're from around the world we want to connect you with a local church so that you can just walk the journey and do life well but if you're here in this auditorium, I wanna pray with you. Because I just love every person to close their eyes just to give everyone some space. Again, this isn't about the person alongside. It's not about us looking around and keeping tabs on people, but it's about us having a moment with Jesus to say, I wanna follow you. I don't wanna do life by myself anymore. I don't wanna do this alone. I want you with me. I want to do life. I want to try life. I want to give it a go this morning where I do life with you for the first time. Or maybe I do life with you again. And so if that's you this morning, I'd love you to just slip your hand up. Again, just to acknowledge to God that I'm in. I want to do life with you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit come come and transform us Lord Father help us each day to choose you help us each day to choose the relationships with those around us over being right God help us to walk a righteous life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stay standing. We're going to sing. If you uh, want to, need to respond to anything this morning, if you have any healing needs, any other need going on in your life, please come during the song, after the song. Myself, some of the team will stick around. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, God bless you. We'll see you tonight, 5 p.m. for Encounter.